continuing to talk out of John 4 this week, and the woman at the well in Samaria incident. Two weeks ago, we talked about how it feels to be so far off and then what it means to be near. Today, the sermon is to those that are invited, to those that are invited. What does it mean to you to be invited someplace? Let me just ask you that question. What does it mean to be invited as opposed to being a party crasher? If you feel special? I saw something back here. What would you say, Diane? I couldn't hear you. That you're being welcomed. Excellent. How many of you have ever gone someplace and not felt welcome? Okay, so, so if you get that incident in your head and you just keep it there for a second, you know exactly how not to act towards other people, right? That's exactly right. When, when somebody made you feel not welcome, but when you were invited to come, you felt special and taken care of. The text we have today has some of that. And before I read it, I want to say that this is how people come to faith. All the time, all the time. The first step when somebody's starting to come to faith, the first step is they, they trust somebody a little bit. So in this case, the woman at the well, we've, we've talked a couple of weeks about how she had this question. She was talking with Jesus, and she said, I know Messiah is coming, the one who is called the Christ. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. And Jesus says, I am the Messiah. Then the disciples come back to give him some food, and they're shocked about that. The woman leaves her water jug behind. Remember, the whole reason she was there was to get water. And what did he say? If you knew who was asking you for water, you'd ask him for water, and he'd give you living water. And then the disciples try to get him to eat, and he says, I've got food that you don't know about. She now has the water. She's going back to the village. And when she gets there, she says to them, come, let's see, let's get here. I'm trying to find the right, the right spot to do this. I'm going to have to, I'm, while you're waiting on me, I'm not going to be able to find it. So, no, I need the specific verse. So, thank you. But so what she says, she goes back to the village and says, come meet a man who told me everything about myself. You don't think he's the Messiah, do you? And they all start coming forward. They all start coming. So what happens when when you don't know Jesus, you start to come near somebody that has a little bit of faith and you trust them just a little bit. How much do you trust them? How much do you need to trust them? Not very much, just enough to give them the time of day. How much trust is that? I'm going to shut this door, okay? Okay. Thank you. Actually, I was going to do that for you guys so that you could hear too. And so the first step when you come to faith and we're, or when anybody comes to faith is that somebody comes near that is slightly different than they used to be, enough different that they recognize a change and they trust that change for just a moment. 
Now, that's not a bunch of trust, but a little bit of trust. And then they come. So here's the story. Here's where we are, where we are in verse 39. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. That's the first step. When you don't know Jesus and you get nearby somebody that's met Jesus and they say, would you like to meet Jesus? Or do you think this is Jesus? Or come meet the Messiah. They, you, you, as the person that doesn't believe, lend a little bit of trust to them. This is the story. He told me everything I ever did. And when they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days. Second step. First off, you lend a little bit of trust to somebody and then you take the time to check it out. Now, I want you to get this. They asked Jesus to stay with them for enough time so that they could figure out who he was. If you're a non-believer and you've lent your trust to somebody for just a moment and then you come near to Jesus and you say, hey, could you just sort of tell me about yourself for a little bit? He will take the time to do that. Now, how does he do that? In the storyline here, he stayed long enough for them to hear his message and believe. It's a very interesting step, right? You lent a little trust to somebody that maybe this woman at the well, there's all sorts of narration about the woman at the well. Why is she out at the well at midday and not at the beginning of the day? And all of that, there's all that story in there that she was maybe not the most popular or the most upstanding member of their community, that she had to go out there by herself instead of with the others. I saw a presentation this week at Rotary where they're talking about getting water to a place in Africa, and they, they were telling the story about it, and the, the, the place was two hours from the town where they had to previously go. So everybody that went to get water had to walk two hours to the water source, fill their jug, and carry water back for two hours. So they're filling jerry cans, right? And sometimes with like a teacup. And so you're doing that. So that doesn't happen immediately. That could take a little bit of time. This is faster than that. They had a well. So she, she could lower her thing down and fill her bucket, but she still had to carry it back. Can you imagine for a second carrying water, a water jug, maybe a five-gallon water jug for two hours? And what a blessing water can be when it's in your town. Can you think of the number of hours in the community that are saved? Let's say for a second that if you had those five hours, let's say it took two hours to walk there and two hours to walk back and an hour to fill your can, that's five hours. And let's say you had a hundred people in the town that had to go get water. That's 500 hours a day or 3,500 hours a week. Filling water jugs. So she's out there, but she's out there by herself. And if you were in a town where that was how that happened, you'd have to go that distance. And normally you would do that with somebody because it makes the five hours go easier, wouldn't it? 
If you're walking for five hours, it's way more fun to do that with somebody you can talk to. But she's out of town. She's out at the well getting water by herself. And then she left her jug to go tell the people. She was enough different that they recognized it. And that recognition said, we'd like to spend a couple of days with whoever she met. Have you ever met somebody that knew Jesus enough, just enough that when you met them, you thought, I want to meet that Jesus? Well, most of you have because you're here today. Think about that for a second. I'm catching you in the middle of the process at least. At least you've come nearby so that you can be with Jesus long enough that you can have trust and faith. That's their words. Second step. Third step. Then they said to the woman, now we believe not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. And now we know that he is indeed the Savior of the world. This is how coming to faith works. Every day, it's the process that Jesus uses every day, still today. No, there's not any more modern best practices. This is it. The people that know him go out in the world just enough different that the people around them could say, hey, what's different? And they can say something really fabulous like, he told me everything I ever did. Do you think he might be the Messiah? Now, I covered a little bit about this the other day, about how close, close Jesus was to us and how close God always was, no matter how far we feel. And I started today's sermon with the invitation, right? She went into town and gave them an invitation. Now, in our world, lots of times we give people invitations to do all sorts of things, don't we? Let's go have a cup of coffee sometime. Let's meet for lunch. Let's do that. Come over to my house for dinner. Let me ask you a question. If you invite somebody to your house for dinner, do you just leave it like that? Hey, come to have dinner at my house sometime. Anybody? You do, you do that? No, you, you were saying no, weren't you, Rose? Or you just say, sometime we'll have you for dinner. Well, if you say sometimes we have you for di- we'll have you for dinner and you're on the other end of that, you were invited to dinner sometime, when is that? Never. <laughs> Never. <laughs> That's the expectations, right? Let's have coffee sometime is a way of saying, I was thinking of you and I'd like to do something, but I'm not really going to arrange it. If you want to have somebody over for dinner on a specific time, what do you say? You commit the certain time. Hey, would you like to come over and have dinner at 6 p.m. on Thursday? And then they'll say something like, what should I bring? Isn't that how that works? You want to have coffee with somebody. How do you get somebody to have coffee? Would you like to have coffee with me at such and such a time? I'll meet you there. The only other way for that to happen is a chance meeting. This is the specific invitation. By the way, it's not just with food that this invitation style works and doesn't work. If you invite somebody to church sometime, how does that work in their lives? Any experience with, come to church sometime? Well, I'll meet you there. 
Well, then they come and you're not here because you're doing something else, right? Isn't that how that is? Because you just said sometime they wait three months and you're out of town that week and they go, well, I went to church and you weren't there. And then they sit there because they didn't know somebody to, in, to introduce them around. And they go away and they feel, well, so-and-so invited me, but they weren't there. No, the way to avoid that is this. I'm going to church on Sunday. The service is at 10. Would you like me to pick you up or would you like to meet there? We can have dinner or lunch afterwards. I'll meet you there. I'll make sure you don't think you're the only one there that doesn't know anybody. You can be there with me and, and not know anybody but me. But there'll be somebody there that you know. But this is how faith and the invitation works. Come meet the Messiah, he told me everything about, then they come out, right? Just remember this. This is really quite simple. It's Jesus' method and then his people. His people who come and meet him, who say this, because if you're here this morning, at some point, you're somewhere in this process. Somebody has invited you. Let's say for a second that you're one of the really, really rare ones and you came to church on your own without any human inviting you. And by the way, I mean rare ones. You came without anybody inviting you. You were invited by Jesus then. So there isn't anybody here that was never invited once. Some of us were invited by our parents when we were itty-bitty. Some of us were invited by our spouse. Somebody was invited by somebody that changed our life. But the process is always the same. When they come with you, if you invite somebody, they have trusted you enough to get here. So what do we do with that? What's the thing about Christmas, about the Savior of the world? Mary, did you know? Yes, Mary knew. Have you read Luke 1? She knew, she walked into the house with, to see her, her cousin, Elizabeth, and the babies leapt in their wombs, and she poured out scripture about the saving of the world. Mary, did you know? Yes, Mary knew. Now, did she know everything that that meant? Nope. But neither did the Samaritans know everything that he told me everything I ever did meant to her. And they trusted her enough. They just lent her a little bit of trust. Jesus works through that lent trust. Can you be trustworthy for a moment? Can you be changed enough that you'd be recognized as being trustworthy for a moment that somebody might then come near to Jesus long enough that they might have trust and faith? That's what Christmas is about to those who are invited. Can you be the invitation? Can you understand where you are in the process with people? That you're not the Savior. You're not the one that was born in a manger. You're not the one that the whole Bible is about. The Bible is about Jesus, but it's for you to know so that you might make the invitation as well as you can. Maybe just well enough that somebody might lend a little trust to you. That then... 
they could come near to Jesus just long enough that they could trust him and say what they said here. He stayed with them two days, long enough for more, many more to hear his message and believe. And then they said to the woman, now we believe because we have heard from him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the Savior of the world. But the first half of that story was, is this the Messiah? Come and see. I promised a sermonette. That's the sermonette. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I thank you for today. I thank you for the simplicity of the process for putting it right here that we could see it, that we could know that all we do is invite. All we do is lend a little trust. Help us be trustworthy. Help us give trust. Help us be changed. In your name, amen.